Hello there, and welcome to Spoonful of Medicine. This is a teaspoon mini-sode, so get ready for a dose of some short, sharp, and concentrated paediatric education. On this episode, we're taking a look at transient tachypnea of the newborn, or TTN. I've got my cup of coffee ready, I hope you have yours, so get ready for this week's mini-sode on transient tachypnea of the newborn. Transient tachypnea of the newborn, or TTN, as we'll refer to it from now on, is the most common cause of respiratory distress in late preterm and term infants. It occurs in about 4 to 6 per thousand term births. The pathophysiology of TTN revolves around normal alveolar fluid clearance and problems with this in the newborn. In terms of normal alveolar clearance, This begins before birth and continues through labour and after delivery. In total, about 100 mls of fluid is cleared from an infant's lungs, from intrauterine life to extrauterine life. In late gestation, in response to catecholamines and other hormones, mature lung epithelium switches from actively secreting chloride and liquid into the air spaces to actively reabsorbing sodium and therefore water. Additionally, increased oxygen tension at birth, when the baby breathes in, increases epithelium sodium channel expression, and this also aids in water reabsorption. Sodium reabsorption creates an osmotic gradient, and this allows water reabsorption primarily through aquaporin 5 channels that sit on the apical membrane of the respiratory epithelium. So what's the go in TTN? Well, it is thought that a delayed reabsorption and clearance of fetal alveolar fluid is the cause of TTN. More fluid in the air spaces means that there's more fluid in the interstitium, and this pools in perivascular tissues and intralobar fissures, and ultimately leads to pulmonary edema. More fluid in the lungs also decreases compliance and increases airway resistance. This leads to an increased respiratory rate to compensate for the decreased compliance of the lung and increased airway resistance. Hypoxia can ensue due to a poorly aerated lung and you can also get hypercapnia due to difficulties in letting off CO2 from the blood. In terms of why exactly some newborns don't clear airway fluid as quickly as others is not really known. However, there are some hypotheses. One is that there's a decrease in amelioride-sensitive sodium channels that usually help to increase sodium absorption. So the less sodium channels means less osmotic gradient, which means less water uptake by the pulmonary epithelium. And this is especially so in immature lungs. So what are the risk factors for TTN? The first is caesarean delivery. It is thought that cesarean delivery is associated with more TTN than vaginal delivery because there's reduced alveolar fluid clearance. Along the same thought process, precipitous birth is also associated with higher risk for TTN. Maternal diabetes and pregnancy, as well as maternal obesity, are also associated with higher risk of TTN. The mechanism may be related to decreased fluid clearance in the fetal lung, Although caesarean delivery, which is more frequently performed in pregnancies of women with diabetes as well as larger BMIs, may be a contributing factor. Maternal asthma, a gestational age less than 39 weeks, 
or being small for gestational age or large for gestational age are also risk factors for TTN. Interestingly, the administration of antenatal corticosteroid therapy appears to reduce the rate of TTN in late preterm and term infants. However, it remains uncertain whether the benefit of reducing TTN really does outweigh the potential adverse effects of corticosteroid therapy. Thus, currently, antenatal steroids are not recommended to prevent TTN itself, but they are used in respiratory distress syndrome, where they play a big part in the prevention of RDS. So, what does a baby with TTN present like? Well, TTN is seen more in term or late-term neonates, i.e. those born at or after 35 weeks gestational age. Usually, the time of onset of symptoms is at birth or within two hours of age. The symptoms themselves last about 12 to 24 hours, although they can last up to 72. Babies with TTN have an increased respiratory rate more than 60 per minute, and this is the most prominent feature, hence the name TTN. Babies also have an increased work of breathing, and as a generalisation, it's often milder than that of RDS. The work of breathing also tends to resolve before the tachypnea does. The baby's chest may be barrel-shaped with an increased AP diameter, and this may be due to a degree of air trapping. The baby may have an oxygen requirement, although this tends to be an FiO2 of less than 40%. The baby may also be cyanosed due to poor oxygenation. Auscultation of the chest will find breath sounds that are clear. There will be no rails and no ronchi. A blood glass may show hypoxia, hypercapnia, or a mild respiratory acidosis. A chest x-ray may be done, and the features that you're looking for on this include a slightly overinflated lung field, and this is the most usual pattern that you'll see. You may also see a sunburst pattern, which is increased streaky shadowing with perihilar densities extending into the peripheral lung fields. This is engorged lymphatics or blood vessels. You may see fluid in the horizontal fissure. You also expect the heart size to be normal or only mildly enlarged. Also to note, patchy infiltrates that clear within 24 to 48 hours may also reflect the fluid retention seen in TTN. Now that we know what TTN looks like, let's check out how to manage it. The management of TTN is supportive care and respiratory support as needed. Supportive care includes a thermal neutral environment, optimizing nutrition and feeds. The baby may need a nasogastric tube if feeding is impaired by respiratory distress. Respiratory support in the way of supplemental oxygen via nasal prongs to aim for a saturation of about 90 to 95% may be needed. Rarely do these babies need FiO2s of more than 40%. CPAP can help with breathing if there's a significant increase in work of breathing or respiratory rate. However, if you have a baby that's diagnosed with TTN needing increasing respiratory support, you need to reevaluate the situation and think what else could be causing this baby to get sicker. Differentials include congestive heart failure, neonatal pneumonia, meconium aspiration syndrome, congenital cardiac disease, respiratory distress syndrome, sepsis, and metabolic acidosis.
depending on the unit, there may be also a fluid restriction on day one of life. This is to prevent overhydration, increased free fluid absorption, and thereby worsening pulmonary edema. And quickly, to finish off, therapy is not shown to be of benefit in the treatment of TTN, include beta agonists and inhaled corticosteroids. And that's been this week's Teaspoon Minisode. Join us next time for some short, sharp paediatric information. Bye!